sure she could work. Hey, I'm Adrian, and I'm Angela, and we are Black Women, Black Women in, Europe. in Europe. Welcome to our I guess second episode. Second episode. Second episode. The power of two. Okay, I am so excited that Angela is brave enough, or open <laughs> enough, or willing enough to share her personal story about moving to Germany. So I've got a list of questions she's going to let me ask. She didn't even have to wow. see them. She trusts me. I know. Um, but I don't think living in Germany was your first overseas move. Let's start there. What was your first overseas move? I could be well, wrong. I didn't exactly live overseas before. I had a temporary job assignment. So I always knew I was coming back. You know, like I, I never, I wasn't, I was never going to, I lived in um, Eritrea for a while working for, um, as a subcontractor for a Coca-Cola plant, um, doing IT work. So that's the first, and how long was that? Um, That was just a few months. Okay. So that was enough to make you think, wow, you know, I can work abroad. It had never occurred to you before. Like, how did you even apply for the assignment? Uh, It was, I got the job through a friend. And um, that they just needed some help and wanted that I could come over and get some get some IT system set up for them. And that's what I did. That's so a that- tip, lady. IT is, I know from my experience in Sweden, first of all, it's, it's your own language. So you don't need to speak the local language. You speak IT and it's international. So after you came back from Eritrea, what did you do? How did you get to Germany? Well, okay, let's start with at Eritrea. So I left Eritrea, um, I don't know, I don't even know when it was, but whatever it was, it was in the, I made a mistake on my plane tickets. Uh And so going there, it took two days to get there. But on the return ticket, it could go, it, it should, I should have made it for one continuous trip because it, it, I could have just kept going. Like it would have been 24 hours, but I would have made it back. Mm-hmm. But I had a break in my ticket. So the ticket was from um, Eritrea, Asmara, that's the capital where the airport is, to Frankfurt. And then from Frankfurt, I was going, I think uh, I went to DC and then back to Jacksonville. DC statehood. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. you had a layover in Frankfurt. Yeah, I had a I had a layover in Frankfurt, but it was like a day. Um, <laughs> it was like a when day. When did you realize that? Hopefully not when you were like packing. You're like, no, I did. I realized I screwed up and I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because I've never been to Germany before. And, you know, I don't have a hotel or, you know, anything, any plans or whatever. So I need to figure something out. Well, anyway, on my way home, when I was in the airport, I met this guy. And we were in the airport together going, he was going back to Frankfurt also. And the reason that he talked to me even, or at least that's what he said in the first place was because the, I don't know, the PA system really sucked. 
He couldn't hear. He asked no, me, what did they say? There were, there, were, there were two flights going to Frankfurt, and one was on United, and one was on Ethiopian Air. And they were, like, leaving, like, within a few minutes of each other. And this isn't a huge airport, so it's not like... It's not like like you'd have one flight leaving in terminal A and one flight leaving in terminal B they, or whatever and have to. Yeah, exactly. They were like right at the same place, but they were two different airlines going to the exact same place. So he asked me, did I hear the 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 loudspeaker correctly? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. And he's like, well, he's like, um, I'm going to Frankfurt. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Frankfurt too, you know? And, and he's like, I was like, yeah, I'm on the United flight. And he's like, so am I. And, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, I'm seat 21. Well, so am I. it's, it's, that's not even, that is kind of real. Um, <laughs> that is kind of real, but we didn't realize that. So we, we found flight. So we, um, we got, we stood in the line waiting to board. Um, and the thing about the airport in, in Asmara is that you have to actually walk to the tarmac and walk up the stairs. There's no jetway or something like this. I had to do that in Gothenburg, Sweden in 2021. So yeah. Yeah, no, it, it happens in Frankfurt, depending on, the, you know, they have so many flights that some people are boarding. What bothered me is that I didn't know I had a carry-on thing. They took it no. from me because <laughs> it was too small. You know, it was like raining. I wasn't prepared. You know, it's okay if that happens. I just wasn't prepared. You get caught off guard and it's like 6 a.m. in the morning after transatlantic flight. But yeah, that's not, yeah. I just say that to say it's not third world. No, no, it, it's not. It's just that definitely we had to, so we were waiting in line because you had to get checked in first and we're standing there, we're talking. And I was like, oh, why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. And he was visiting. He knew some people that were Eritrean and he was visiting them and um, on a va short vacation. And, you know, why was I here? I was working, blah, blah, blah. We're walking along. And I was thinking at the time, this man is a little too friendly. I have got to get away from him. So <laughs> sounds like it's too late. No, well, okay. So I did get away from him. Okay. I managed. So we were, we, we got checked in and we had to wait in the secondary waiting area. And then when they announced, you know, like time to board, like he had a whole bunch of stuff with him and I just had one like, like little carry on. So I just whoosh, 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 you know, out and went up the stairs and I'm on the plane chilling and relaxing. And then newspaper. And then, then like a few minutes later, he shows up and he's, and his seat wasn't with mine, but it was like right across from across mine, the aisle. Across, the the aisle. across the aisle. Yeah. Across the aisle. Oh. And I didn't have anybody sitting in my seat. Cause I checked, I, I checked because I was like on my way there, I sat next to this huge German guy. Always like, happens to me. Like he was huge. Like 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 um, what's that guy? Um, Van Dom, kind of huge. Like with the big muscles and he. The, oh, he was. He was, was like that. He was huge, and Clown I'm like Dom. like ex, you know I'm six foot one. Like I'm not like teeny tiny, and it's like this was uncomfortable. So I wanted to make sure I was alone on this on the plane in my seat so I asked is there somebody sitting next to me and so then he was like oh can I sit here with you and I'm oh. and I'm like okay fine oh no Angela see. And I'm like oh. but but I didn't think it would matter because I'm the type of person that I I fall asleep on airplanes so I'm not 
I'm not good. I'm company. not saying nothing wrong with being friendly or anything, but if you went through a whole trouble, you wanted that extra space and stuff, and you were like, you gave up that extra space for you, you know? Yeah, That's I know, but I mean, I just thought, okay, fine. So then we started talking, and I don't know how detailed you want this to be. We started well, talking. We got an hour show. Right? Okay, fine, fine. We started talking, and I looked through the. I was looking at the, you know, this in-flight magazine mm-hmm. with all the like expensive shop these days the shop the shopping thing, you in-flight know, shopping. this this mm-hmm. in-flight shopping. And then he was like, "Well, is there anything you want?" And I'm okay, like, I was going to say, "Were you looking at the jewelry?" And he's like, "He's like, no." He what he told me is that pick something out of the book, whatever it is you want, I'll buy it. Who was this in? <laughs> it was your future we're gonna speed it up a yes little bit okay now, he, that's he, like creepy details oh no, wow but, very sweet and lovely okay well wait very, very sweet, sweet and, lovely. and lovely but there's a like things that people don't know about me people oh, like well, to people like to buy stuff about for me it's kind of weird like strangers like to buy me things and it's always been that way um okay well you know what <laughs> um we're gonna do a bonus round um Thank you. But since I am hosting and I want to get to, you guys landed in Frankfurt. That's how right. How did you, what happened from there? We can talk more about personal details, but seriously, how did you, you got to Frankfurt from Eritrea, that flight landed. That's right. You had so, like two days. You spent it with them, didn't you? I did, but but it was, so he said on the way there, I was, he said he was going to Frankfurt and that he was familiar with it. So I said, oh, well, can you help me? Um, I'm going to need a hotel. I explained my problem. This is like a romantic comedy. And no, he, he asked, he said I could stay with him, but I thought, well, I don't, I don't really know you. So I'm not going to stay with you in a foreign country. Like I'm not, I'm not that crazy. Um, at least not really. Um, so so yeah, he helped me find a hotel and I could have actually done it myself because I just stayed at the hotel at the airport. And, um, then he said, well, I've got to take all this stuff home. Um, cause he brought stuff back for people that he knew and wanted to get it distributed. And he said, I'm going to freshen up whatever, because one of the things about Eritrea is that you can't take a shower. Um, and <laughs> I wanted to take a shower too. Like I had you guys cleaned up, but you already made a date, obviously. Cause why is he telling you what he's doing? Like, yeah. 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 That, hotel, bye. that we're, that we're, he was going to come back and just show me Frankfurt. You know, like that evening, that same evening. We got there in the morning, so he was going to come back in the afternoon. So you guys spent however much on the flight, and then you would spend the whole next day. Yeah, this is like seventy-two hours together. Yeah, end up. That's that's right. So anyway, at the end of that, to make a two hours, uh, he gave me his address and um said if I wanted. You never saw his house that whole time, so you. I did not. No. Good for you. You stayed safe. Okay, no, so I don't it. know if I stayed safe, but I <laughs> you didn't walk into somebody's house. You know what I mean? You weren't going to go out that way. It's yeah, good. well, no, of course. I mean, I'm not even going to say, of course not, because if I just didn't think it was an OK thing for me to go to his house. So anyway, look, I'm not judging. I've been in a lot of precarious situations when I look back yeah. and I'm like, absolutely a thousand percent not precarious. <laughs> He's like one of the nicest people in the world. So well, I say precarious, meaning a stranger. Yeah. Okay. Nice. He's not going to act serial killer. And then like, yeah, I'm going with you. But um, so yeah, you had 72 so, hours together, you got his phone number. 
uh, he gave me his phone number and address and said if I wanted, you know, to contact him, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute, Angela, this is before email and Facebook. And no, what, it was wasn't it? before email. It's just okay. he didn't have an email address. I had one, but he didn't have one. So, so what there was, year was this? Uh, gosh, I want to say it was 98. So this is 98. First time in Frankfurt, you met a stranger in, in Eritrea who's a native, a local, showed you the city in three days. It was time for you to move on. You had information to exchange. Where was your next? You, then you had to get on the flight in Frankfurt and go away. Right. And then I went back back home to Jacksonville. And did so, you think about him? So anyway, nonetheless, I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to contact this strange person that I met in in you know, in other places in the world. But needless to say, weirdly, I kept having dreams about this man. Mm, and I just absolutely bizarre. So I finally, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna- Dreams are powerful. I don't like dreams, but we can talk about that on another yeah, episode. About, okay, I mean, it moved you to action. You were moved to action. You had to call him. You called yeah. him or wrote him? I, I actually wrote him. Um, and then he called me and um, we started a dialogue. Um, yeah, spent a lot of, it would have been a lot easier if he had had a computer at the time, but he didn't. Um, he did the old fashioned romantic way. So how long before you moved to Germany? About two years. So two years. And did you visit in between like, or you just had that whole three days? No, experience we, visited? we, I visited Germany periodically and he came to the States for, I want to say he came for like three or four months or something like that. Um, and so, so yeah. that was enough. So that's, that's methodical, I think. But so if I were going to ask you why Germany, it was clearly because of this, um, no, meeting that you met this guy you wouldn't have moved to frankfurt when you did if you hadn't met this guy or did you already have a plan to go to frankfurt and you met the guy anyway well i had no plan to move anywhere specific but it had always occurred to me like oh i should get out and see the world um but and actually he wanted to move to the states and then i just was like you know what i'm just going to move there so with a lot of effort like to wrap up my life in the United States, um, I moved to Frankfurt. Um, I moved to Germany on October 16th, 1999. So you just had an anniversary. Do the math for me. That's how, what year? Um, it's 21 years. Gold. How do you say cheers in, in um, Germany? Prost. So 21 years. Does it feel like 21 years? And then a Swedish Sweden, you have to put the cup up again and look yeah. you in the eye for the toast. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. Cheers. <laughs> so did you, does it feel like 21 years? Um, I don't think so. But then what does 21 years feel like? A lifetime, because it literally is. Yeah, but it literally is. You know, if somebody dies at 21, that's a lifetime. Somebody dies other than that, I was like, oh, they couldn't, oh, they didn't landmark 21 landmark. That's a lifetime. So that's a lifetime. That's a whole time for me to be a whole nother person. So whole a lot of time do a lot of stuff. Like what's the what have you found to be the pros and the cons of in the over the past 21 years of living in Germany? Wow. Um, that is a really great question because honestly, I've never really thought about it. I mean, I guess the pros would be um the public transportation, the fact it's that it's efficient, clean, affordable. 
Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all good. It takes, you can take public transportation almost everywhere mm -hmm. in Germany. Um, and it's, it's relatively convenient. Um, I think it's, it's clean here and orderly. Um, I don't want to sound like a, like a German, like, but it's, Alice is in Ordnung. Yeah. On, and that's, um, I, feel like my, the quality of my life is much better here than it was in the United States, even though I don't, it's not like I had a lousy life in the States or something, mm -hmm. just that it's just totally different. And life in Germany is, you know, people take vacations. So what's the cons? What's the what? The con. Every coin has two sides. So what's the con? Oh, the weather. Jesus Christ. Um. I the moved here region. from Florida. So, I mean, if you want to know what I don't personally don't like about Germany, it's the weather. That well, everything's is, personal. So, yeah, yeah that's that's really I, I don't know. I don't think I have. There's not really too many negative points for me. Um, maybe I'll think of something as we talk, but I have I, an equal opportunity for every good thing about Sweden. I could probably say a con and a con doesn't mean like it's the worst thing ever. But it's like, but you know, over the it's past, a, it's a pro or con. So, over the past 20 years, Germany has changed a lot. I mean, mm. when I first got here, um, like most stores closed at two, yeah, one or two in the afternoon. And mm. of course, there's no shopping on Sunday, is, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like little things like that, that there's a lot of products you couldn't get. Your con list is shorter now. 21 years over the 20 years when it's shrunk because things have changed yeah things, like. things have changed and of course i know more now yeah. like so it's my next question what do you wish you knew before you move actually move there um i wish i had known german mm -hmm. did you kind <laughs> of study at all did you have any basic anything no i had no like i mean i the most the most that i could do is count like mm -hmm is count and I learned that from commercials and like if you watch commercials in the middle of the night there I don't know now because I don't have tv but um it, they were all like these kind of like weird sex hotline commercials that was a thing for a while I don't know yeah and they would them. they would they would put the numbers on the screen mm -hmm. and then you would then they would say the numbers they and learned so, horny words and numbers yeah, pretty much. That's, that's really that's all a, I needed. That probably went okay with that. <laughs> that's all I needed in the beginning. Um. So you wish you had better grasp or a grasp of the language. What else? Um, if there's anything else. Um, other than that, I mean, honestly. Like you didn't know the stores closed at one or you forgot or like, do you wish? like? You no, know? I knew it, but but I just didn't really think about it that much. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like I'd never been here before um it's just it's not until it's two o'clock and you need something and you're like dang the store yeah open. exactly exactly but now things are way different from that everything you know like there's stores that some stores stay open you know till midnight wow that's 10, huge. 10 p.m um i'm not sure like if you needed to go to the get something really in an emergency you could always go to a gas station with a mm. convenience store like it's not the same as it was you know 20 years ago Things like, are well, really a lot different. They, they, I, and I can see changes since I've been in Sweden and I hear people that have been here longer what they tell me. Um, what, what do you think 
I don't know. Have you had a high point or like a low point? If I think of things, you know, like getting married, I got married in Sweden. That was a high point. You know, I won an award, you know, high point, but like any, I don't know if that's, that happened while I was here. It had nothing to do with Sweden. So however you want to a- answer that is there. I, for example, I know um, a sister, hopefully we'll talk to her, Yvette Jarvis. She's back in the States now, but she lived 20 something years in Greece. She went as a professional basketball player. She ended up being the first non-Greek person um, elected to public office. They loved her. Um, She's tall, beautiful black woman, singer, performer. When the financial crisis came, she had to leave. I know another Greek uh, sister that had to leave. Um, But being being the first non-Greek person elected to, that's a highlight that wouldn't have happened to her had she not taking that step I think I don't know what's come to you if you had not gone to Germany high or low um well I guess probably I mean I, I don't know if I would I don't know how I would call this I would say I met my husband here um, that's a high okay if it's high or low Angela that's a high but but the, the thing is is that I've known my husband for almost the whole time that I've lived here not the whole time I just we didn't have any kind of like relationship other than there's a person I know but you, you know? met him here in, in any event you didn't know him in Florida yeah that's right and I probably would have never met him if I'd stayed in Florida so yeah what's the lowest oh for me the lowest was being separated from my family for 10 months under the pandemic you know um, not because you know being an expat living abroad you know you know flying back and forth but first time in my life where it was like you can't fly or like that was I would, scary. I would say the really lowest point is when I lost my job with the army. Mm. Um, but but when I even stop to think about that, like I don't want to sound like Pollyanna or something like, and everything no. worked out. But it's like, yeah, mm. that was a real bad time because there was a level of uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. That um, and it, the insert uncertainty is compounded by being in a country that mm-hmm. you that you don't you know belong to mm-hmm. or you know I mean because if, if the same thing had happened in the states it wouldn't have been a big deal it would have been I a would bummer have, but... I would have just found something else to do but in Germany I was a little bit unsure about what the future would hold and mm-hmm. but all that worked out in the end and here I am today happy and smiling but that's um, something that's a good what did you learn through that because that's a good you're right everything you said that's scary enough to lose your job at home but to be in a foreign country and have be faced with such uncertainty financial you know security residency you know all those other type of things did i learn the, something from that well, yeah i mean i know yeah. you're strong were you stronger before don't lose I mean, your job. No. Always have a second job lined up or like. Um, I don't know if I learned anything from that, except that, you know, uh, as as someone I know and love says all the time, what what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. What I, make you I don't necessarily believe that, but I mean, well, but I, I like know- to look for lessons because otherwise it's a waste of time. But like you say, um, (laughs) no, because it's seriously, to me, it's like so basic. It's like, because if you, you know, you repeat things, I don't know. I see things, sometimes life is just so simple. So it's like, 
if you yeah. ignore your gut or if you see warning signs, if you see something that's like, okay, this horrible, or like you say, this thing of uncertainty happened to me. Okay, what did I learn? I learned, well, I don't have to panic. It's going to work out. Well, you know, something like that. Wait, I don't so, know that I had to learn that I didn't have to panic. Um, but, like, but, you know, I, I moved past it and um, did some other things with my life, you know? And that's, that I guess what I've learned is that there's always something you can do. There you go. See, there's the less, I knew you had a gym. Oh and yours God. is way more profound than <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. I know because you live through it. And I just wanted to help you unpack that process that because I know that's a scary point. You know, like I said, anywhere losing a job is just scary. So I know that you'd have something. Um, so if that was, if you've been there 21 years, what's your path to citizenship been like? Are you a citizen? Uh, no, I'm not a be? citizen. And I'm, I'm not even a permanent resident here. But we don't <laughs> um, have to talk about that. Spring. No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm, I'm a legal resident, okay. but I'm not permanent. I don't have a permanent residency. I'm working on that right now. Um, and that requires some, um, like a language certification. And then I'm going to work on getting my citizenship over the next couple of years. Hopefully I'll have that much time before the United States crashes. And so that's something that you wanted. Now you were able to live legally there all this time. Did you want it five years ago, 10 years ago? Did you, when did you realize I want German citizenship? Um, I'm going to say January 6th of this year. Mm. Um, but that late, I'm surprised. But well, I, I that was you. January 6th was when they had this, um, this, uh, insurrection girl insurrection yes yes that's what did it you know um i don't want to be a stateless person and Mm -hmm. so i'm you know i need to have my backup resident you know backup citizenship um because it's not that i don't feel like i don't think the united states is gonna like collapse and die or something like that we don't know no but i i think that there's a possibility and the the probability is higher than what I would have imagined, like even last year. I would say before January 6th. So. Yes, yes, exactly. So yeah. that's, that's my, that's my main reason for um, wanting to do something like that. Other than that, I don't, I don't feel like as a, as an American in Germany, that I, I'm, have a diminished set of rights or, you know, everyone has the same human rights in Germany. And according to the constitution, everyone is equal. And that includes people that are not citizens. Sounds like our constitution. So hopefully it's yeah. in practice there. Um, what is, what is the path to citizenship? You have to, what's you say a language requirement. What does that mean? Um, well, I'm, I actually, I took the, the B1, the level B1 German exam actually last week. Oh my gosh. Um, Is there an A like A, B? There's, there's A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2. And if you're C2, you know, you're just like, that's, you're like, you're like above most people, even most Germans. <laughs> with your the, knowledge okay. That. So what's the qualification for residency or citizenship? B, it's B1. It's B1. B1. Yeah. So the test that you just took. Yeah. So B1. if you, past that now how long was that test like how many hours or uh the test was i don't know it was from 8 30 it was scheduled between 
eight thirty and five. And okay, God. The, the first half was like eight thirty to twelve. Oh. We took the first three sections, and then the the last part was speaking. Um, and that was the reason they had it split up till five was not because we it, we were going to talk for like four hours, but because there's so many people and you have to have a partner and you have to do it in groups and you know How it many just takes time. Are processing. Um, do you think? I don't know, maybe like thirty something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's. Far, I mean, that's a rough count, very really rough. Okay. How far was a test center from you? Um, it was about an hour's drive, but that's because I don't live in a big city. I live, um, I live near Frankfurt, but obviously not that near because the test was in Frankfurt. But um, Germany, the one thing about Germany is that there's a lot of traffic on the autobahn, and right now there's so much road construction. So. You had to leave, you put in a buffer to make sure. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I did because you can't, if you're late, you can't take the test. Is now, you mentioned Audubon. So I have to ask, is that, is, it's not a room where there really is no speed limit on the Audubon or what's that about? Yeah, there's, there's the majority of the Audubon, there's no speed limit on. There's got to be a minimum. So there's a minimum, but no maximum. There's, I don't know. I think the minimum is a hundred or it's either a yeah. hundred or 80 or 80 for trucks or something like that. Um, but I know you got to keep moving. You know, can't be, you know, yeah, yeah. Keep, yeah there's, I don't know. I'm saying that cause I don't really think there's a slow way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have a, of course I have a German driver's license and how you get it. Mm. That is, that is, that, 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 that depends on what it's, if, okay. I'm, I'm going to speak for being an American right now. It depends on what state you are coming from most yeah it's not by the country for america it's by the state so some countries have agreements with germany where they'll be like you can just hand in your license and we'll give you back a german one like, i can do I, that in belgium yeah that was true in belgium um for me i had a florida driver's license and i didn't have to take the driving test but i had to take the written test to get it um, i don't which, take anything and the weird thing is that it never expires yeah, I had one well, like that, but I but my wallet got stolen. Woo, girl! And then I had to get one where I have to in fifteen years I have to get another. No, it's my most of... prized possession, and every time we move, I panic. I'm like, where is that driver's? I'm like, how do I let it get? You, I was like, that needs to be on my body. Like anytime we move house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> I was so angry. Like it wasn't it wasn't my oh, credit cards yeah. or any of my driver's license. Yeah. And and I, when I went to the drivers to get the replacement, like you have up to a year to go there. And I waited till like three hundred and sixty days because I thought maybe my wallet will show up. Oh, maybe no. my wallet will show up. And it didn't. And the woman with at the driver's place, she was like, yeah, it took you a long time to get here. I was like, yeah, I was hoping my wallet would show up. And then she gave me the driver's license with um, that with was the, expiration. with the expiration on it. And I was like, yeah, that's why I waited, because I really yeah. wanted my my never have to come back here again. Driver's license. So um, you've got. OK, so the language at B1, how difficult that's a that's a full day. People have to. Was it a weekday? Did, would pe people have to take a day off from work if they're yes. working or school? Yes, for sure. Does it cost anything? Yeah, I think it was a couple hundred euros. And that's if you um, do you have to pa uh, pass. Nobody has to pass 100 percent. What's the pass pass? Um, I think it's 70 percent. 
Okay, if you get 69, what happens? <laughs> then you have to take it over, whatever you, whatever you, because it's not, Just it's not, portion. you, it's, it's four portions, four different things, writing, reading, listening, and speaking. So you can, if you like maybe fail one section, then you can just retake the test. For an additional fee, do you know? Yes, or it's extra money. There's this really okay. yeah. Everybody thinks a lot of times you hear right wing people in America talking about Germany as socialist. You know, that is not even close. So people are are talking about money. They <laughs> they want their money. When I did it in Sweden, uh, first of all, we didn't have to have a language um capability. Didn't have to have any language. That wasn't a requirement. They do provide. SFE, Swedish for Immigrants, free language classes that everyone is encouraged to take. You're not required to take. It goes from like A to D and then another level and then like another level and then you can get into rhetoric or whatever. So I finished the basic ground level, basic level. So do you find that when you do other languages that your English can go to crap? Oh my God, yes. Simple things. Yes, Why am it's I terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you looking don't, at me like, what are you saying? No, because you just don't know. Um, there's certain things that you would say in another language that you wouldn't even talk about. Like, like there's no, okay. There are levels of English, but it's not a, it's not a requirement for us. There you go. And I, so, so we so don't talk about this stuff. No. So it wasn't, it wasn't at the time required to tie to citizenship. This was 2005 for me, six for me. And um, so I didn't have to go through that extra expense you have and stress. So I have sympathy and empathy for you. Is that, would you have to have to take the test 10 years ago? Do you know if anything's changed? Is it harder now than it used to be since you've been there? Um, I think it may have changed, but at the time, like I didn't have to do any of that because I worked for the, I got a job with the US government. And so that kind of opts you out of a lot of things. Um, yeah, I never had to worry about my residency when I was working for the government. I never even, I didn't even have like a visa. So, cause you, you have your ID, your military or your government ID card and that's all you, that's your, your That's residency. all you need to get into the country? You don't that's have a, to have a- No, um, you, well, if you're a you soldier- you, if you're, but, but that's how you know that you belong there. Like that, that's, if somebody asks you for where's your visa or whatever, then you give them your, your ID card Gotcha. Mm -hmm. and they know it. So it's not like it's some kind of big secret that nobody knows. You know? No, that's you're, you're, we're in a different world. Um, yeah. uh, the military civilian, the, the whole military world overseas, you're in a different world. So that served you so well. So that, so you've been out of that world for how long before you said, okay, I'm going to do this citizen, this like how long has that been since what happened January? I don't know. It's been hmm, good question. Um, maybe about eight years. Wow. Like yeah. So I know that um, we haven't even brought your husband into it now, but I know he works in Germany. If he didn't say he lost his job the same time you did, do you guys think? You would have hung on and wanted to stay. Yes. Why, okay. would we, why would we go back to the United States? You don't necessarily have to go to the United States. That's the thing. Well, but that's I don't true. Know. 
You know what I mean? I don't know. But you, the thing is, and there's nothing wrong with that. So you've got Germany. So Germany, because I think a lot of, a lot of people live in places that are like, you know, I'm living here, but you know, given a chance to move, I move. And they know where they would move, but they don't know. And they'd be like, but they'd be like, well, I'll try something else. It's not like, but there's reasons why you guys would want to stay there. I know I was forced to move to Sweden, if, if you can say forced. Because when I, I was living you, you married a Swedish man. It's not being forced. Well, I before I married him. And that's why I say I can't say forced. Mm-hmm. But because I was I was in Brussels and when I met him, his children were 17 and 15. And he was like, I can't move to Brussels. And I was like, I respect that. I understand that. You know, you told me in the beginning, you know, I'm divorced. I got two teenagers. They're with me every Wednesday, every other weekend. And I was like, if you weren't coming at me like that, I wouldn't have been impressed. You know what I mean? Of course, your dad, your dad first. Then you're trying to date, you know, I'm thinking. So I understood. So when I say forced, I made the decision if I if I didn't want to have a long distance relationship. So you you and your husband already. So that's good. It wasn't like you were like, oh, but I got this great job offer in Paris. Let's go to Paris. Oh my you God. Know, you, I would never move to Paris. Okay. Put, okay. Let's let, let me think of a city to tempt you. You wouldn't, it doesn't matter. Cause you wouldn't have been tempted is what it sounds like. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not, you know, the thing is, is that I'm not sure. It's not like I've never been to any of these cities, but visiting somewhere is way different from living there. Completely. And so, you know, if I went on a vacation and I was like, oh, Madrid, that was awesome. You know, I wouldn't be packing up my bags. I mean, I don't speak Spanish and, you know, like there's just a lot of uh, big cultural difference, you know, and I'm, I don't know that I would be ready to change at this point. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm too old to do that again. I lived in Belgium with the French culture thing. You know, England, the British culture is different here, Swedish. I don't think I can adapt to another culture, <laughs> to be honest. But of course you would if you had to. Every, yeah. You know, yeah. But I mean, honestly, for the convenience of everything and like m- the modernity of things and the sort of progressiveness, um, Germany yeah, there's other places that are better, I guess. I mean, maybe Sweden and no, Finland no, no. and, I don't and even Denmark are like better. That. But for I me, I don't know. Germany is like kind of ideal. Oh my God, don't put Scandinavia in there. And I don't even think better because what's good for you could be horrible for me. What's horrible for, you know what I mean? What's great for me could be horrible for you. I don't, I, we can have a collective experience. You know, we could have grown up in the same house and still not want to have you know, live the same type of lives once we got that choice. So I, I think it's, I want, I'm asking you this because I, if, if somebody were to ask me, does Angela love Germany? I would say yes. Yes, so that would know. be, that, that, that would be real. Good. Really, I, real. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, the town that I grew up in, in, in the States was a town that had a lot of German immigrants and, <laughs> Did you eat German food? Like German food is, um, yes. yeah, is a thing um, that um, I don't eat a lot of, but I recognize it like in, um, I want to say Pennsylvania because I'm from the East Coast. I think like the pretzels, you could get the pretzels up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of the foods that that when I came to Germany, people, people were, yeah, bratwurst. And mm-hmm. the town that I grew up in, we had a, we, they still have 
an Oktoberfest every cool. year for, for two weeks. Like it's not, cool. it's not like a, a little baby yeah. fest. It's yeah. a, it's a real, like, it's not German like a weekend fest. at Applebee's they're doing it proper. It's the, yeah. So Oktoberfest is two weeks, isn't it? Um, I think it's more than that, but it's yeah. even longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's not, it's not that it, like I was so comfortable here. It's just that a lot of the things seem like in a way like home and all in all, I like living here. I think the people, the people for, for some types of people will be hard to get used to because Germans are pretty direct. Mm-hmm. And that is something that a lot of, I'm, I'm only going to say Americans can't deal with that. Mm-hmm. If somebody just straight out tells you something, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, that they can't deal with it. But I personally prefer it. And um, I probably, I was always pretty direct, but now I'm probably <laughs> like super a direct. Yeah, super you know, direct. We have supposedly have that, that reputation as well. They're not liking small talk and being direct. Yeah, I mean, I can do small talk. That's not a problem. But, but do I Germans mean, do small talk? Yeah, sure. Of course. See, I'm not so sure that Swedes don't. I throw that out there because, you know, you read a lot of things and even Swedes make these videos. Yeah, Swedes, we don't do this and that. I'm like, ah. but, you know, I, I, I tend to meet the extremes or the other ends of people who are not the stereotype. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I know any stereotypical Germans, but um, but for me, a German person that's a stereotype is a person that is kind of free. Like it, it's that the Germans are used to doing, they travel a lot. They're used to doing the things they want. They're used to buying what they want, having what they want. And, you know, I'm totally down with that. Like one that's, thing, um, we knew a German guy when we lived in England and he used to joke because it must've been hard for him. British, the only German guy in our little village, the same village where half voted for Brexit, half voted to stay. Um, and he said, you know, you can ask me anything, but just, let's, but let's not talk about the war. No. Said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, it was a joke and I forgot how we would do it. And it was a joke. And just like you just everybody would laugh when they would be, but I, I remember the first time I heard him say, I must spit out my, um, my beer. So there's no, and he, and his, I forget how old he is, but his wife who's British said that when he grew up, they were just, and this is how she said it, taught to feel guilty about the war. Is there any of that? Um, I don't know what that means or why that would be a good thing, a bad thing or whatever. Yeah, but, it's a good thing. You know, and I, so I don't, don't know why she said it. And like, we were at the pub and he's like, let's, it's like, it's fun on Friday night. I don't want to talk about this with you anyway. I didn't come here and have an intellectual conversation with you, but it just already let me know where she was coming from. Yeah, but you know, there's, I mean, this is why we have so many like while we're having a resurgence of neo-Nazis here. Mm. Um, People in school are taught about the war and they're taught about fascism and they're taught about the fact that Germany was wrong in killing millions of people. Systematically. uh, Systematically and invading other people's countries and killing them. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I I think that it, it also makes people more tolerant. Like... You know, if you know what's, if you're taught 
hey, this is, you know, murdering people is wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean that like in a religious manner, but the fact is by law and, you know, and public opinion and world opinion. I don't know culture that doesn't <laughs> condemn murder. You know, eh, okay, I'm gonna say America, but that's... Oh, we condemn it. No, we do. It, it's, we we condemn it while, while we're cleaning our guns. No, right? I just said we don't apply <laughs> the law is wrong. <laughs> See, we don't apply the law equally. You know, we know we have, you know, we know murder is wrong. I'm, I'm not saying we're smart about it, but it's not like people yeah. think it's okay to kill people just generally. Some people do, but here's the thing with the Germany thing do you have German friends? Yes. So do they talk about, have you guys ever had these deep conversations and talk about like how Hitler like was, you know, whatever and how America followed and the race theories and all that kind of thing? Like, do you even want to talk about stuff like that? Do they even want to talk to you about stuff like that? Um, yeah, actually, I have. I have conversations like this all the time with people and even so I teach. Um, I teach English part-time and I sometimes my students want to talk about these things and especially during the Trump administration that the things that are going on and they a lot of them including me saw parallels to mm -hmm. Nazi Germany mm -hmm. like and they wanted to talk about it you know what I thought and you know how That's people good. in America are thinking um really I people aren't afraid to tackle these kind of topics you know well that's great that's very encouraging that's very encouraging because I know people wanted to talk to me about here in Sweden about Trump but nobody wants to talk about race here I can be completely honest about that and even friends that I have here that are like oh it's horrible what's going on in the states but I love the states and you're looking at them like you know zen breathe you know I do my yoga um, I'm not going to be the one, you know, to bridge that chasm you have. You love the States, but you hate what's going on with, you know, you got to bridge that chasm yourself. Oh, well, like, I don't want to have that conversation here. I, I don't have that problem with people to have that conversation or to bridge the gap. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just know a lot of like Uber enlightened people and they, you know, a lot of them have already made the leap themselves. So they don't have to, um, I mean, sometimes people ask me, like, is is this racist or blah, 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 or is this an effective racism? And I'm happy to tell them, like, yes. People don't want to talk about that here, not in my circle. And I'm in a, you know, not that my Swedish, my Swedish circle is small, though, let me be honest. And it doesn't need to be bigger. Um, and it's not built around intellectual conversations, even though it contains PhDs and career women. And that's not why we get together. I, you know, I got Democrats around other places for those kind of conversations. I'm learning um, and I'm fine with that. Um, I admire that you are teaching students that can have these conversations in English. Yeah. That are thinking these things in English and asking those hard questions. That's I'm a how many students teacher. have you? Yeah, exactly. You're an excellent teacher. So how many students have you touched since you've been teaching in Germany? Well, that's a really difficult question because when I think about it, I've been teaching on and off the whole time that I've been living here. When I first, the first job that I had was I, I taught actually uh, on the on the army base, but I worked in the childcare center. 
-hmm. And so I was teaching children computer skills. Mm-hmm. And um, that was actually a really fun job. That sounds fun because kids yeah. and computers is just like cute all over. Well, let's not get that carried away with it. That oh, it's cute on. all it's over. Your... You don't well, spend not... a lot of time with children. So, well, I was going to say, if it's not your computer that they're going to, um, I'm thinking of Jonas's grandkids. I was like, as long as it's not your computer that you're, they're going to break. But when they're <laughs> on that thing, they're like, and it's like they know how to turn on the Wi Fi and everything. Um, so you've touched hundreds of students. That's easy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's no yeah. hundreds of students. Yeah, that's true. Did you have to have your? Do you have your TOEFL teaching English as a foreign no, language? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. What do you think about that whole thing? Do you know anything about it? Um, I know that in some places, they, you know, like people that I know that teach in schools and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they mm-hmm. have that, but. I mostly teach for businesses mm-hmm. and private students. So I did that in Belgium. Yeah, one for a very short period, and, and it's a private language school. And I would not, um, I would not recommend that anyone teach English as a profession um, because I don't think you make enough money doing it. We have talked, or I've heard of a lot of who's that? Carl Jr. and Z in Taiwan. Yeah. In Asia, people going to, you can, it can, it works in, in Asia. Yes, in Asia and in the Middle East. In the yes. Middle East too, yeah, we know some, yeah. But I'm just going to say, I mean. Not in Sweden. Just for me, in, in Germany, it's, it's not, you have to work a lot. Well, you know what I know? Money. Like. I know someone here, she doesn't have TOEFL, whatever, but she has, I guess a degree in education. She has whatever, a teaching certification, and she's a full-time teacher because she's from Haiti, and so she's got dual mother tongue, um, French and English. So she teaches like reg. So she's like a regular teacher, um, but it's tough um, because every child in Sweden has a right to I forget how many hours of education in their mother tongue. So she would have to go to school to school. Like it was a lot of traveling, and it was a lot of work. Um, but it was a living and it wasn't like a hustle. It was like, a, you know, it was, but it, because it, of her specialty, she wasn't just at one school from, you know, she had, right. so it was right. a lot of stuff, but she got paid like what the other language teachers got paid, I guess is my point. And I don't know what that wage is, but in Sweden, this would be very tough for you to not have a living wage. I don't think that that would be, well, you're not saying you have to have a three bedroom flat on the nice side of town. That is not impossible in Germany, um, especially, um, no, I, I've had people offer me jobs that are like $10 an hour for, for teaching English. And then, but you don't get time for um, prep or anything like um, that. And I'm just like ten dollars an hour. I could just collect bottles on the street and get. $10 it's like maybe your friend's son who needs to pass this test. Can you help him for ten dollars an hour or something like? And the that, answer would but... be no. <laughs> the answer would be no because ten really ten dollars an hour. That's not enough money to pay anybody. Um, I would say. $25 an hour is a that's decent, the minimum yeah. in Europe that's a private teacher should yeah uh, that's really uh, the minimum like seriously and the more you can make the better um yeah I just I just think that it's in a way there's so many people native speakers running around teaching English that it's a little bit undervalued it's know? a saturated market because that's yeah. what a lot of us have to do when you come out you come over here you panic or I shouldn't say come over here, you go, 
you leave your home country, I don't want to say you panic, but you're like, what can I do? And you're like, okay, English is not the native language. Okay, I've got English. Even if you've got an English degree and all this other stuff, doesn't matter what degree you're like, okay, I can do English. I can teach. I can write. All of a sudden, everybody can write. Everybody can edit. Stuff you would never think about doing in the States, but people have to survive. Right. You but know, so I, I started teaching English, I don't know, after I worked for the army and I had thought about, I think about it now sometimes like, oh, maybe I should just find an IT job. But the thing is, is that I just don't want to. Well, there um, you go. Why would you? you and that's, you. yeah, I just don't want to. I find, I love IT and everything about it, but the except for the large, the large amount of sexism that's in PH, this field. Huh? Still. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think anything's changed. Um, no. I, I just had it, I mean, it was it was last year, I think I had an experience um, that I used to do a lot of IT work for Democrats abroad. And we were something we were doing some kind of a test for an event and something happened to my Internet. And so I said, OK, like my Internet went down. We were on Zoom doing something. And then I just reconnected with my phone to my computer and got back on. And then I had some guy on the call who I'd never really met before that day trying to help me troubleshoot what was wrong with my internet and I'm like yeah there's nothing wrong inside my internet it's obviously something that's happening outside I mean it was it was something that was happening with the, the service provider not me Deutsche so, Telekom or whatever yeah but that's not who I use but yeah but for um, example it was the provider yeah exactly yeah. so so then this woman who happened to be this man's mother comes on she's like she's his so I wasn't really responding back to her son and she's like do you not hear my son talking to you and I'm just like yes I hear him but I don't care like weird I, yeah really and so it's there's a certain level whenever there's a woman and IT, people always assume that you don't know anything and that you need a man to come and help you. I don't ever need a man to come and help me with anything with IT. Please let the world know this. Well, you know what? This takes me into my last question because I know it's not going to be IT, but what do you want your future to be like in Germany? You've got 21 years behind you. Now, what's the future going to look like that you craft? Wow, that. That makes it sound like my whole life has been super purposeful and it has not. Well, um. <laughs> the life since I've known you has been, I can only vouch for the last four years, but it has been super um, purposeful. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this is a question that I, I don't know that I can answer properly because one, I'm super concerned about climate change and its effects on the environment and my my environment and how it's going to affect my family, etc. Um, I probably one reason you're glad you're in Germany because they have excellent public transportation and it's clean. People care about the environment. Yeah, they do care about the environment, but not as much as you would think. Oh, um, okay. No, no, they people really do care about the environment and animals and whatever. But I think the main problem. I mean, we Germany has taken a lot of measures to counteract climate change mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the bigger holdups, and I think it's the holdup all over the world, is that people are afraid about how making changes for climate change will affect their personal wallets. 
Well, I was going to say it's, it comes down it's, to money. It's always money. But but for people who are afraid about climate change affecting their money, when we're all dead, you will not need that money. So just we're saving our own lives. Um, no, and, and, I, and I, I want you to talk, okay, about, because you, I want to close this by saying thank you. You're super interesting. You, you never take a direct route anywhere, it seems. But <laughs> what I want people to know that you're also a passionate environmentalist. Yes. Is yes, that? I am. Yeah. And we know that right now there's so many hot topics as Americans abroad, whether we're worried about voting rights, whether we're worrying about, I mean, Black Lives Matter is still, still matters. The environment, you're, you're a human rights activist. And within that, I think you've chosen environmental rights as the most important. Am I saying that right? Can you tell us about that? Like why that makes sense? Because when you say it, it all makes sense. Well, you know, our human rights, a lot of people see that all of our other rights come from our human rights. And I agree with that too, except right now we're at the point where the climate is going to is going to change to a point where we're not going to be able to fix it. And by fix it, I mean, you know, you should, people should take a look at what's happening on other planets. Because I mean, we can, if you, we have a lot of work on the astronomy and the physics of what's happening on other planets. I know you're a NASA geek too. And there's, there's planets where you, where, where it's raining diamonds, there's planets where it's raining acid, there's planets where there's storms that never stop, um, there's planets where there's hurricanes that are a thousand kilometers wide. Um, oh my goodness. And, and our planet is not like this because we have a certain climate environment, atmosphere. It's a very delicate system that's keeping everything in balance. Mm -hmm. And we as humans are chucking out our plastic and, you know, firing up our coal burning stoves and engines and power plants. And we're doing everything we can to change this, even though most people don't want to believe this. And I don't believe, I'm not one of those people who believes it's, it's like, well, I'm recycling or, I mean, I am a vegetarian, um, but all those things, no matter how much I recycle, no matter how much meat I don't eat, no matter how much I don't drive my car, it's not going to change it because we actually need the large polluters and the large businesses to make changes in order to save ourselves, not, not the environment. We're not saving the environment because the environment doesn't matter. If it, for the planet, it could storm, it can rain diamonds and the planet doesn't care. It's, it's our habitat and our civilization that we're actually trying to save. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get people to act on climate change and in a substantive way, because one of these days, you know, the, it was over the summer um, in Rhineland Falls, there was a place where there were some floods. Mm -hmm. They were really bad. They made the news. Oh yeah, all they made over the news the in the States. Yeah, that's right. That's, and people, people know I live in Rhineland Falls. And they were like, oh, my God, Angela, are you OK? Blah, blah, blah. You don't know how many messages I got. I don't live near this place that was in the news. Um, 
but it was like a wake up call for a lot of people that, you know, if you live near a river or a lake or some body of water, it can just, you know, they got, I don't know, however many milliliters of rain in one, you know, in one hour, and it just flooded the whole river. And because the, the river was, it was a narrow river and the, the houses were along the bank. And for the most part, this wouldn't have been a problem, except it was too much rain. It flooded out the rivers and then it just wiped out all these towns. Was there any um, fatalities? Yes. Yes, there People were. People are literally losing their lives. And... They're losing their lives. They're losing their homes. Mm-hmm. They, it will, those, the houses that were destroyed and there are lots of them that were destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like imagine, imagine, I mean, it doesn't matter where you live. Imagine if your whole neighborhood was destroyed. Yeah. Where do you go? What exactly. do you do? And and we're we're at the point where these things, I mean, they're happening all over the world. At the same time, when that happened, something like that happened in China. Um, and a lot of people lost their lives and property and whatever else. Um, one of these days, there's there's something is going to happen, and we're not going to be able to recover from it. And that's what I'm working to forestall. So that is part of your future. We know that that doesn't have anything to do with it because you would be working on that regardless of where you lived. So that does, that's not tied to Germany, No, but you um, are, you're able to do that from Germany. Do you do, do you work are with German organizations? Do you do your focus with American organizations outside of these organizations? But um, I think there are other people that totally believe, like you just believe, like what advice would you give them to be involved? Well, I would say one of the things that if you're in a place where there isn't an organ, an active organization for climate, um, just start one. And, you know, you can call, I mean, really, you can call it a mutual aid society because, because literally this is the time now to work out your plans with your neighbors and your friends. And if something happens, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle it? Because because someone might, you know, right now, so there's an accident, there's an incident, there's a climate catastrophe of some sort, and people come and they help. Mm-hmm. But imagine if no one comes, or mm-hmm. if it's weeks before they can come, because they're fighting off all this other stuff too. And that's what we need to avoid to the point, we need to be prepared to be able to handle these negative climate change things that happen, and we also need to be working to stop them too. Like you so you're can't talking about working together. Yes, we have to work together. It's the only way. Imagine if all of our scientists and engineers and other people all work together to solve a problem. <laughs> we could actually solve some things as opposed to, I mean, like right now, I was just, we were just, my husband and I are super interested in electric cars. And um that's your next car? Well, it, yeah, we wanted to buy one in 2013, but there just weren't that many available. And one of the problems back then was that you couldn't like see it before you bought it, you know, like they were mm-hmm. like, well, you can just order it. And it's like, mm. you don't do that with a car. Well, I mean, you know what, if I was maybe if I was like six inches shorter, I would buy, I would could do that. But 
my husband's six foot one and so am I. Well, I mean, and you saw a picture of it. I mean, you didn't know what the, the model. No, but like. what it looks, no, what it looks like on the inside, like how much room is there? How much leg room? Can we fit the whole family in, you know? Like no, I understand. I didn't you know? know what they wanted you to look at. And no, I, I, I'm never going to buy a car. I can't at least like look inside or drive, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you just, just take the word. Like, so we were going to buy one then, but we're like, I would say 2023 is going to be, if we make it that far, um, is going to be the year when we get a lot of affordable electric vehicles. Right now, you've got a lot of expensive ones out there. Um, the Polaris, the, Tel the Tesla, you know, they're all like 80 and above, 80,000 and above the Jaguar electric vehicle. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really expensive ones, but most people don't want to drive, you know, BMW's got to be making a basic model. They always have a basic model. They yeah, but not for the electric one yet. No, so no. It, it's it's kind of weird, but there's a lot of them coming out. Um, but but the thing is with electric cars is that that's just a just a tiny piece. And there's so many things that need to be worked out with it, like all these issues with these batteries and people have all these theories and ideas about how we can use, how we can store energy, but everyone's working on it in their own little, their own little group. So you've got a few people here working on something, you've got a few people there working on something, but wouldn't it be great if we could all work together and just figure out what works and what doesn't. But right now, I mean, right now we're too hung up on making money off of things as opposed to just like saving our asses like this. Well, is ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know Angela was a socialist before, no. and I don't <laughs> no. even think that's socialist. It's just no, listen, listen to me. If, if we were in a well, if we were in a hole and there were 10 of us in the hole and one person on top. You know, like we would have to work together to get out of the hole. And that's where we are right now. We're in a deep hole. And mm. if we don't work together and stop trying to figure out how can I scam some money off of people to, you know, I mean, it's, it's just going to get worse. And then it's going to come to a point where no amount of money will make a difference. Well, we're not there yet. So don't, if you're listening to this, don't feel like it's too late for you to take action. Look up an organization where you live. Because I, I think it would be hard pressed not to find an organization in Europe, um, in your host country. And then there, if, if you don't, there might be something on the EU level. Even if you sign up to get more information so you feel um, empowered because you have information and don't, like Angela was saying, keep recycling, keep bicycling, you know, keep doing your little bit of part that you can do um, and try to move the, 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 the brands that you love to the point where they're they're doing all that they can do. Try, well. try to move a change. Try to move your governments to make new to laws government. and regulations because things like I see in the in the now in the grocery store, they're encouraging you to bring your own little nets for exactly. the vegetables, mm -hmm. but they still have the plastic. They're thingies. still there for the people so, who don't bring them. So yeah. as long as they're making those plastic bags. Every net that you buy, what is the point? Maybe that's the end of what they already have on stock. But they won't make anymore? I don't know. No, it's not true. That is that is not true. What I'm saying is that that the that we need action at scale. Not ind individual action is helpful, but but if 
if I'm doing everything I can and I'm living, you know, in a Quonset hut and I'm just, you know, you had my a little solar panel outside and at night I burn a candle and, you know, I'm only eating vegetables that I grow, but then somebody, but you've got a factory across the street that's like pumping out chemicals into the air. It's, mm-hmm. It's it's not that you're not doing anything. It's that you're not the problem. The problem is industry, and the problem is how we're not having enough controls, or we haven't given them the incentive or the rules or regulations to stop doing some of the polluting things that they're doing. Yeah, I've seen a lot of changes in different industries. Different. It's not going to come down a lot of situations where mayors and are not waiting for governors. To, you know, to make legis- you know, to make decisions and people have individual responsibility and Angela's given you tools for, you know, if you can't find something, start something. And also, of course, we have to push our legislators. Now this, if you live in Europe, you probably have an environmental party. There's a green party, I'm sure, in Germany. I know there's a yes. green party in Sweden that actually is, um, I can't say, uh, I don't want to say legitimate, but um, a part of the, the, the our woman, um, the black woman that we sent to a member of parliament to Brussels is from the environmental party. So they're credible. People care about stuff like that. So do we push our environmental party to do more or what do we yes. do? I've got, yes. So you push your green party. You push everyone because this isn't a problem that, that any one group or political party can solve. You know, it's one of those things where everybody has to, you know, the business type parties, they're interested in making sure they don't lose any money. Well, you might lose some money, but on the other hand, you might make some money too. You know, it's not a, we we have to stop looking at it as a, um, you know, what do they call that? A a non, a non gain situation Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like, it's gotta be win-win. We're not having any. It's gotta be, We've got to do this. And how we win is by is by not having a thousand storms that kill people or displace people. Um, because I don't think people really think about that. Um, everybody, people, a lot of people, you know, in I think it was 2015 that we had all these um, refugees from Syria mm-hmm. come here. And I think it was like a million people or something like that. Sweden took um, the most. I know Sweden took the most out of it. it little really? Sweden. Yeah, little Sweden took the most. Well, there was a lot of people. More and, than the U.S., more than anyone in Europe. And I just know that because people were stunned. Yeah, well, that is kind of shocking. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought Germany took the most, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we're going to have people displaced from all over the place in Germany. In, you know, in, displacement in is not a new thing. And human rights is always a win-win. If you're on the side of human rights, you're always in the win column. So across the board, whether we're talking refugees, whether we're talking environmental refugees, whether we're talking other human rights, slavery, we know there's modern day slavery. But if you feel like there's something that you can't do. Trust me, there's probably an organization in Europe where you are or wherever you're listening that can do this yes. or find it. Um, because one of the reasons I wanted Angela to talk about that is because it doesn't matter that she's not from Germany. It doesn't matter that she's working on other things. She still has passion about these issues and she can do the work on it. 
I want to thank her for that because you are, I, well, oh my God, people. What? 2020, Angela's a power lister. Oh yeah, that's right. I made your list. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, well, that's what, yeah. So because she's a leader, because she's a doer, because she's a human rights activist, which also means she's an environmental activist. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a friend. She's a professional. She's a creative. She's a baker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm a, also like kind of a geek with like a like NASA stuff. geek, Star and, Trek geek, yeah, Godzilla geek. Um, <laughs> I like <laughs> I like science fiction. Science fiction geek. She likes oh, to read and well. anti and apocalyptic movies. That's like do you? Oh my god, I love I love anything to do with the apocalypse. I never want to be in the apocalypse, <laughs> but I love to watch it. <laughs> Well, you guys, I'm so glad that you listened to Angela and um, I learned some things about her tonight. I didn't know. And I feel like I stopped her. So we may have to talk more, but I wanted to make sure we got it in an hour because I wanted to have a beginning, middle and an end and a, tr- and a peak at the future. So um, what are we going to do next episode? I don't know if we know. I don't, know, don't know, but but we'll figure it out. And um, this is only episode two. So everybody hang in there with us. We'll definitely will get more interesting than me. Um, but, you know, we thought we start off this way. You know, now you know about Black women in Europe. Now you know about Angela. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about me. But this thing really is all about you guys. But I want you to know why I fell in love with Angela, why she's a power lister. She is my first actual guest. I interviewed my first power lister today. So thank you. <laughs> Actually, my first. You did double duty. Well, today. thank you. I, um, um, I appreciate... All the work that you've done, Adrian, with Black women in Europe over the We're past just getting few going. years. I'm so excited yeah. to have these conversations with people. So, so yeah. So um, we'll have something else to talk about next week. We got so much to talk about in general. So we don't, we're not, I don't think we're going to give you previews. We just want you to come back and see what's happening. So see you next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see I'm, you next I'm, month. Case next on, week. Next yeah. week. Next month. Soon. Next week. Very right? soon. Hey, South Australia. And uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, How do you say it? Is Hayson low or goodbye? Oh, really? It's like Aloha. Oh my God. Okay. So um, I guess I'll say choose from Germany or. Choose. Yeah. Choose. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. But it's, 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 it's T C H U S S. Choose. Yeah. But that's not sure. But I see what okay, I think I've seen that written down. My goddaughter's German. Um, I think I've seen that written down. So shush. Cheers. So okay, so hey song from Hey song from Sveria. Yeah. Um Tschüss aus Deutschland. And uh yeah, we sehen uns next mal. Next gong. Hey <laughs> All right, ciao everybody. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>